here with the boys. Here, 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 boys. Here with the boys. Meet the boys. That what was, was that? Fucking loud one. Because <laughs> that's what happens when you open nitro stouts. Jeez. All right. Well, Good ladies Lord. and gentlemen. <laughs> That was sound porn for your ears right there. Yeah, that was beautiful. ASMR. I'm, I'm all sorts of worked up right now. It's going to be a great episode. Um, but th this, th this is Beer with the Boys. This is the happy hour episode where 60 to 90 minutes, depending on how the conversation goes, at least 60 minutes uh, of talking to somebody great, talking to somebody who has lived a life and... Uh, Going by our, our, our somebody who's lived a life. Our it. mantra is the low is that standards. We, someone who someone who's lived. <laughs> what was it a mantra that the best conversations occur when you're having a drink? That, that's our motto, like Akuna Matata. Motto, mantra, mission statement. I don't know. Best conversations ha are had when you're having a drink. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell by now, I am back on the wagon. The whole thirty is over, and I'm ready to fucking rock right now. So, um, I, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have some fun today. We have a, a, a great guest. Um, one that we, I th honestly, I think that this is one that's kind of been here since the, the day one for, for, for German Jake. It's kind of, he so, saw it develop. Poor bastard. I swear. Yeah. I don't know how he's put up with us for this long. <laughs> he saw every bit of it. So this man was my admissions counselor way back in the day, way back when I made it very easy for him. Um, <laughs> this man was our boss for a little bit as student employees. Uh, this man just left us abruptly. Didn't even say goodbye when he did leave. That's not fair. That was <laughs> That's true. And, uh, but has continued to be a great mentor, a great person and, and, and stayed connected. Not everybody when they, um, you know, leave and, you know, go to different places, stay connected. He has made an active uh, point to stay connected uh, to some extent. So we, uh, we appreciate that. And that's what led to this interview. So uh, today, um, another man that has lived many lives, um, all revolving around higher education in some sort. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nick Spate, how the hell are you? I'm well, boys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's always good to be a part of a conversation over a beer. But uh, as you mentioned, especially one where it's uh, Sort of full circle. What what year was it? What year did he come to, to Lakeland? 2011. 20, what? 2005. <laughs> Sorry, that's when I came to Lakeland. So we weren't even in high school yet. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You were still a, a dream in your 20, fall 2011. We we showed up there. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, no, good to be here, guys. It's uh Boat as cold as it's going to get around here, and I'm sitting in my basement with a couple of beers and you two. So it's, uh, it's my, a pretty solid Monday evening. My blanket's far away; I can't reach it. Son of a bitch! Well, you got a warmer basement down there. You got yeah, carpeting. It's still a little chilly, though. You know, yeah. basement cold. Yeah. Do you like you my orange walls, by the way, Nick? Those, they they are nice. They're almost as nice as the bomb shelter that Jake is sitting. In. <laughs> that's, that's what people say. Like, I'm ready to rock. I, the Russians attack. I'm good to go here. So, I well, I saw anything. the American flag. I assume that was part of that as well. So. Yes, it's my American flag flag blanket. It is uh, yeah, draped over my couch down here. So I'm ready. I like it. Looks good at, at all times. I don't know how to hang stuff on the walls in here. It's all exposed brick, and I don't want to just destroy everything. 
So I have to get a blanket that Duct is what tape. I would hang up anyways. Well, hey, that's, uh, you know, over time, someday when you live as many lives as I have, and gosh, you made me sound like I was you know, 63 years old. That's Thanks for that, by the way. Maybe someday you'll have walls in a basement that you can hang things. Stick with that's the dream. Get there. You'll get there. <laughs> it's a, it's important to have goals, right? Yes, absolutely, and that's just some good walls in my basement. That's all we need. So, um, <clears throat> but ladies and gentlemen, if you've been listening for a while here, you know how this works. We put an hour on the clock. We have a conversation. More often than not, it it goes over because we have a good conversation. Uh, but you at least get your happy hour. You get your beers two for one during this time. And we enjoy it. So, but the first question that we like to ask here before we get the clock started here is Nick, what, uh, what are you drinking today? What are you ordering from the bartender? I, uh, I've got a Lagunitas Hazy Wonder IPA. It's uh, 6% alcohol, soft, kind Very of soft. not not too fruity. Uh, it's a good good beer. It's a good drinking beer. It's uh, it's a Monday night beer, right? Nothing too heavy, but uh, not your Coors Light PBR whoa, staple. Wait, oh, staple. I, I wasn't knocking. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Got two empty cans sitting right here, man. You're coming almost, on this show and bashing our beer. <clears throat> I almost grabbed a couple of Coors Banquet beers for the occasion, but I thought <laughs> I should uh, maybe have something a little classier just to... Uh, keep my reputation or something like that so there so some, some logging that's from california correct i think so sure sounds about right i think uh, that's one of the that... things that the beauty of living in menominee falls close to a costco that has a a pretty awesome beer selection and rotation is that i can use that to dabble so there's a there's a variety pack of lagunitas right now there which has served me well so far so that's good that's good Scooter, Germ, whatever we're calling you today. What uh, what do you got on on tap? Um, I got the Guinness St. James. Oh no, that's the name of the place. Just a Guinness, I guess. I know it said special edition. Yeah, yeah. It said special edition on the box. I don't know what's special about it. So, well, let's, is the can special? Is it? I don't know. Maybe can? I didn't grab the special one. I don't know. But yeah, so we got the free glasses. I don't know if you can read it, but yeah, no, we read it. That's okay. Because yep. I love Tom Brady. And those are the cans, not the bottles, right? Yeah, you. If you buy Guinness bottles, what are you doing? Those with Guinness, them? they're terrible. I don't. They the, I don't know what you're doing. Worse. It doesn't even make sense. It, it doesn't. You got to buy the cans if you're buying yep. Guinness. Totally agree. But yeah. yeah, I'm just drinking Guinness, special edition potentially. I don't know. <laughs> Guinness is great, and for those of you, I mean, obviously you can't see what the glass says. It says that I love Tom Brady. He won the Super Bowl. Seven, he won his 21. seventh ring yesterday. And throughout today, I'm glad I took today off from work. Mm-hmm. Not because I was not hungover today from a Super Bowl party. Um, but I was definitely mopey all day. I was definitely a little upset. But I've, I've come to terms with what has happened, and I'm excited for the 2021-2022 uh, NFL season. I'm very excited for it. And uh, congrats to Tom Brady for winning his seventh ring. And... I'm happy that that Miss, well, who is it, Kay uh, Arians, Bruce Arians, Ma, she uh, she she went and saw a win, so she was the <laughs> she was the real legend of yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not as upset as I thought I would be. It's it's better when it's not the Patriots, but uh, I'm drinking. I was drinking Impulse Control from Three Sheeps. 
Um, I did post about it on our Instagram page. Um, shout out to Three Sheeps if you guys are listening to this because he, now you know he exists. Um, awesome, awesome beer. But now I have a couple of, couple of Miller highlights to uh, um, not go through all my good beer in one night. And uh, it's great. I'm ready to rock. Nobody's going to say that. Right, <laughs> sounds then, sounds so. good. All right. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm so thankful that you broke out the good stuff for your conversation with me tonight. Jake, that's, uh, that, that's I was good. unsure that, that the description was over, so. Yeah. Well, see, you, what I've learned. You'll catch me staring at you when I don't know if I want to say anything I, or not. I know. So. I know. And I just, <laughs> just thought I was, I was hoping, <laughs> but I wasn't sure. What I found out is the first uh, alcoholic beverage that I had after this month was a Miller Lite. And I've, I've always been a Miller Lite guy. That's what my family's been. That's what I've always had. Did not sit well whatsoever. And I went home. I didn't puke, but I got, you know, I had the runs and it was bad. Talking about your poop again. All right. Yep. And, and I haven't had a Miller Lite since, but I've had plenty of beers since. Like when we went to your place yesterday, I had PBR all night and it was like, fine. Nothing, nothing was hitting. And went to three sheeps on Saturday and nothing was happening. And right now nothing's happening. So Mill I might Miller Light might might be a bad thing for me now. If I might you have ever to had to leave the podcast to go use the the facilities, is that a thing for you? For number two? No. For number two, Scooter sometimes has to leave to pee. But tiny uh, bladder. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> well, it's a good thing. Um, so that's what we're drinking. Next question that we like to get started with here and then lead into some conversation is our shotgun start. The three new things that you are, uh, you, you have done or are looking to try new in the not so distant future here, Nick, what do you got? Uh, I had to think about this for a while. This, and, and maybe it's because pandemic or, you know, again, that I'm 63 years old and have two daughters and just don't have time for, for much new, but this was not like a, an easy thing. So I had to dig around a little bit and dig, dig deep. Uh, the first thing I got is, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to let you guys down. Um, <clears throat> first one is I'm going to be smoking a ham. Uh, oh, I did that once. Uh, pork, you know, curry. And, and so I, I have a, if you, as you might, recall or no, I, I like to smoke meat and I've done a lot of different things, but I haven't taken a ham from like uncured raw all the way through. So I, are you a pellet guy? Like the pellet? No, okay, I that's... am uh, an old school offset Texas barbecue sort of, sort of guy. I, uh, I got into it before the pellet thing happened. Um, and so I just, I've, I've kind of stuck with what I know. I, <clears throat> I'm not opposed to pellet. I think there's some like, quote unquote, purists or traditionalists that think that pellet smokers are cheating, which um, I just don't, that's not why I do it. Um, I do it because I like making good food. And if you can do that with a pellet smoker, then good for you. Um, I just, I like the, the planning and the process of the, or traditional offset smoker kind of thing. I have family and friends who have pellet smokers. They're incredible. You like set it up and you don't have to screw around with it all day. But uh, no, I'm a little, 
more old school. So when I, uh, I can get my hands on actual apple wood, that is a, that's a thing I spend time with and, and all that sort of thing. So I've probably been doing it for, oh, about a decade or so. Um, just after my oldest was born, a hobby that kept me around the house. Um, so a ham, yeah. So I've, I've never, I, my brother and I split up a pig um, a couple of months ago, uh, actually from the Sheboygan County Fair. And uh, so I've got a, a whole uncured ham. So I've got to cure it and then I've got to smoke it and then hopefully it's edible. So that's number one, I guess. Jeremy, you said you've done one before? Not not fully, but I had a ham that I smoked. Ah, yeah. Because so yep. it was cured already. So you haven't let down on it, the smoking side yet. I hope so. it was. I don't, I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah, the, curi- the, the biggest challenge is that I got to get a bucket or a like yeah. a garbage can that's big enough because you have to submerge it for a, I think it's about a week. Um, and it's like 18 pounds. It's, it was not a small hog. So exactly. when are you, when are you smoking this? Uh, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Easter. It's, so pencil it's big me in enough that for a, ta- a seat at the table on Easter. Yeah. Pencil yeah, us well, in. I'll find it. <laughs> maybe I'll make a delivery. I'll, I'll head go. North up to Ozaki County and, and drop some off. So hell yeah. It's got to be a, but you know, it's got to be a family thing. It's not something I'll make for for the four of us and then you know eat on for three weeks. So hopefully in the spring, we'll see. Gonna make a nice ham soup after with the bone. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, man, he knows what he's doing. I'll be there for that too. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> Split pea soup, dangerous, Ooh. but delicious. Yes. That was a good first one. Right now, well, thank hungry you. right now. <laughs> No, it's too damn cold to smoke. I just, anything. I, yeah, it's the, it's one of the few like big cuts that I haven't done yet. So I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. That was the easy one. Uh, yeah. My second, uh, second one is, um, I don't know if this is like doing, but I'm going to have it done to me is I've got like, I think I need a cortisone shot. You know, this goes back into my age thing. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be dealing with that procedure here sometime, I hope sooner than later so that it doesn't screw up my golf game like it did at the end of, of last year. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly how it, I think I popped it, throwing my kids in the pool. Uh, and so then it's just kind of been nagging for the past, I don't know, nine, 10 months. My doctor said, well, just leave it alone, try to like rest it, heal it. And if it gets better, it'll get better. It hasn't gotten better. So that's uh, number two, hopefully getting a shot in my elbow and I can go back to using it without it twinging every time I pick up a garbage bag or something like that. So there, there. nowhere near as exciting as a ham, but no, that's well, in my near future. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> Good call. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah, good luck. Um, my third one then, and, and this kind of might might spark some conversation, especially German, your background. Um, what I have been doing is leading a nonprofit association through a pandemic um, and just kind of figuring it out as we go. Um, and so that is, it's been happening. I've been the president of the Wisconsin Association for College Admissions Counseling since last May, and um, my term will be up this coming May. And so I, I kind of put this into the, it's a new thing because it's none of what we're doing has ever been done before. It's never been all virtual. It's never been just trying to figure out how to do this. And so that, that kind of 
um, is a constant new for me. Uh, it's a volunteer thing. It's it's uh, you know it's not my day job, so kind of making it fit within everything else is definitely a, a thing that that is a part of my life lately, and and will be for the next couple of months yet too. So, I fucking hate Zoom calls. Let me tell you, <laughs> as we're sitting on a Zoom call now, but I just yeah, it makes meetings. And I mean that's yeah, <clears throat> it just makes meetings more of a struggle. Especially when it's like a three and a half hour Zoom call meeting. It's terrible. Yeah, I feel like this all gave people the go-aheads to make longer meetings. It's awful. Maybe. Yeah. Like it, before, like these same meetings would be taking place and they throw an hour on the calendar, maybe. And now I'm going to put four hours on the calendar. And it's just going to be bullshit. I can't. Um, so, and we can talk about my, my day job later, but. I can't imagine being in a college admissions office right now, because I think Jake, to your point, even things that wouldn't have been a meeting, right. That would have been like, okay, I'm going to walk down the hall and yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna pull these two guys out of their office and we're going to figure this out. And then we're going to go back to doing whatever we were doing earlier. Now that has to be a meeting, right? Like if you're working remote, uh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, I'm lucky that I we're, we're in person. My school is in person. I've been in person this entire school year. And so I've been able to avoid most of that crap, but I still have a lot of zoom in my life. Uh, and yeah, that I don't know about the to your point about like warranting a longer meeting, but for sure more meetings that uh, and, again, and, and, and maybe that's that's more it. And, and and I'll say I mean, just, you know, quickly to the, to that point. Um, and you know you're absolutely right like it, this is a situation where a year ago a year and a half ago you're just walking down the hall and you're you're you know getting it and you're getting it done in in 5 minutes and cuz you can just and then you're shooting the shit for another 25 minutes or whatever you're not calling a whole meeting for it um so but with that i think it has also led to a lot of people kind of just opening their eyes to that fact and 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 at least I can only speak for myself on this is just being able to make a decision. And now we're going to, we're going to make a plan together. I'm going to, you know, message real quick. One of my coworkers, we're going to make a plan and we're going to bring that to the boss and get it approved rather than sit down and have a conversation about it and waste mm -hmm. a couple hours mm -hmm. worth of the day. So I think it's, it's definitely brought more negative than positive, but for one, it has definitely made people, some people more decisive anyways. And I think that's a, that's a big positive that we can take away, at least in my household, we can take away. Well, and I think it's, it's the only way you can get things done now. Yeah. Uh, I was earlier tonight, we had a, a committee chairs and executive board meeting for about an hour and a half and you know, good people who are doing good work and, and volunteering of their time for this, but you know, we have a question and we're all staring at each other and, and no one, it's not that no one wants to like speak up. They just don't, you know, know if it's their place or position. And so in, in the leadership role, you just have to, you just have to say, yeah. okay, yep, this is what we're doing. And you figure it out from there and, and, you, and you move on. So, um, you know, I was going to say, you know, you, if you want to complain about too many long meetings you should talk to that that poulette guy but uh but there's also just always in meetings there's no <laughs> no free time in his day yep yep 
So those are my three. Maybe I should have done them in a different order. Ham, cortisone, and uh, leading a, a nonprofit can profit in a virtual virtual world. So those, do you have to get reelected are... now? Like, do you need campaign managers? Because we got you. Like, <laughs> I think we should get this. I don't done. want it, buddy. But thank you. Um, <laughs> no, Who, it's, uh, who's it's, coming it's, in it, next? It's actually, it's a three-year cycle. So you have a year as president-elect, year president, year past president. So I'll be past president next year. Um, and uh, so they're, they're not getting rid of me oh, so anytime you, soon. It's just the, the direct. So you got impeached stuff. is what you're telling us. No, it's a secession plan is what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. So, and, and actually, most importantly, uh, I talked Poulet into being the treasurer-elect. And so he'll be the treasurer next year and I won't be in charge anymore. So I don't have to deal with his stuff, so. I'll just uh, sit in the wings and watch him screw it up. <laughs> I, I asked him what, what, what's happened so far. What's the, what's the no. And he said, I got no freaking clue. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's p- part of, part of the, I guess my thoughts on that being a thing is that we've just had to make some decisions that are our, our association, what we're doing for the year is just going to be different. Like it's just not, we can't make it the same thing because it's not the same thing. So I think there's a little bit of like, let's stop pretending and just figure out what our reality is and and move forward in that and and stop trying to make it something different. So for someone like Sam, who's kind of coming into it, who's new to it, that's going to be a little, it's weird. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But he'll, he'll be fine. He'll, he'll get it figured out for sure. He's going to stare at me back. So this, is, this is when, the, when you asked the first question. Oh, I have to ask. The, that was my first question. If you needed a campaign manager. No, oh, okay. uh, I do not know. So I, will, uh, <laughs> I, will be, uh, I will be declining. If, if someone nominated me, I will. Uh, I'll decline. I think I'll probably slide down into. I'm also co-chairing the professional development committee just because someone needed to. So I'll probably stick with that because the, I think the association is really important. I think it does a lot for our. Um, our profession, uh, yeah. and I, I care a lot about it, uh, and so I won't be done with it. But I'm gonna be okay with not being president. El Presidente. You're See, that's what you could call me in for. I'm a guaranteed loss. So <laughs> <laughs> that, good to know. That's a, that's an important strategy. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. See, beautiful. <laughs> um, no, but the, my first real question. Um, is what the hell do you do for your job? Because you got a lot of words in your name on what LinkedIn do do? at, the, at the, uh, the fancy Brookfield Academy. So yeah, yeah, isn't that a nice picture on my LinkedIn? It's beautiful, too? man. Sharp, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, my day job, I'm the director of college counseling at Brookfield Academy. Uh, we are a pre-K through twelve independent college prep school. Um, I mean, our, our mission statement is you know, basically preparing students for college and life. Uh, we, all of our kids go to college, like 100% of our kids go on to, to college. Uh, it is an academically rigorous place, um, pretty, pretty exceptional, exceptional academics. And so in my job, I, <clears throat> I, I kind of run our college placement program, I guess, is kind of the formal uh, name for it, but uh, helping students 
uh, kind of really throughout all of high school. It's we work with with the students all four years, um, you know, freshmen and sophomore years, just trying to kind of figure out how their worlds work, what they're interested in, what they're good at, what they're not good at, what their their niche or their angle might be, you know, in the the interest and abilities sort of world. Um, and then junior year, tackle the college search, right? Making sure that students, uh, you know, are, are looking at all of their options, are considering what what's out there because there's a lot, right? And there, there's a lot of opportunity. And then senior year, working with them as they go through the application process. So really um, helping them navigate what has become an incredibly complex and convoluted at times process um, for for writing their their college applications. So I'm not a school counselor, right? I think a lot of folks kind of, or, you know, back in the day, you used to call them guidance counselors. Uh, school counselor is the, is the appropriate or preferred uh, nomenclature now, but uh, I'm not that. Uh, the word social and emotional is not in my, my training, in my, my background, um, uh, it, it is all about college, right? It's, it's how to kind of understand schools, learn about schools, and then, uh, and then get yourself into the, the one that's the best fit for you. So in, in, in a nutshell, that, that's it. That's, that's my job there. There's a bunch of other random stuff I do within it, um, but, but focusing on college for some high achieving students is kind of what, what I do. So kind of a two-part question in a sense here. And, and you, you mentioned already, number one, um, hundred percent of your students go to college and, and that first of all, congratulations. That's an awesome statistic to have at, at, at any high school. Um, but being a private institution, uh, Brookfield Academy is certainly kind of college, you know, it's college prep in, yep. in a sense, per, people go there because they're going to go to college. Um, so my, I guess my question with this is that when I was, 14 years old, when I was coming in to high school, I did not necessarily plan that college was going to be included in my life. Um, my parents definitely did um, and ultimately led to me going to college. But I know several people that parents might have said that they're going to college, but they were not meant to go to college. So in this particular instance, have you ever run across a student that they came to your school, you know what the, 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 the goal is, but college isn't that next step. They should be going into the trades or they should be going into military, whatever else. So has that happened? And, and how do you address that being in your role? Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's actually a common question. A um, couple of things to mention to it. Uh, first off, there, there will be the handful of students over the years that, that go on to community college, go on to the military. Last year, we had a young man enlist into the army. The year before that, we had a young woman go on to um, Waukesha County Technical College, basically for culinary. Become a, she owns a, she's getting into the baking industry. Nice. Um, so it's, I mean, it, the, those sorts of instances do happen. And, and that is something that um, periodically will present itself. Uh, how I work within that, how I address that, really comes down to working with the student and the parents, right? One of our, at our core, like our founding philosophy really was about the fact that the parents are the primary educator, 
right, in, in this equation. So um, they're making decisions as the adults in the, the students' lives, which then gets into kind of the other part of your question about, you know, the, a 14-year-old, how, how do they know that they're going to college? You know, they, they maybe some of them don't, uh, but the, the students and, again, in turn, the families that make the decision to enroll at BA, um, they do so with that sort of knowing intention. Um, so for the most part, kids know that they, they know that that's sort of their path. And because in, in a sense, the path that their parents are deciding that they're going to go down. But again, when those sort of worlds collide a little bit, and there might be a, a differing of opinions, you know, that I bring that conversation, the student and the parent together, and they've got to figure that out, right? I, I can't figure that out for them. Uh, but again, that's, that's kind of a, a less common thing, in part because, as you mentioned, Jake, we're an independent school and there, there's a price tag. It, you know, you're, you're not going to set, most, most families will answer your question on their own because they're not going to pay $21,000 a year to send their kid to a college prep school and then not have them go on to college. Yeah. Right. So like we have families who, um, you know, are here in grade school, middle school, and then don't come to high school because they, you know, they're, they're not on that path. And, and again, like you said, that's fine. They're totally fine. Uh, it's just uh, kind of that it's, it's almost an economic equation a little bit at that point, right? The cost benefit analysis. Uh, we are not just like, a college prep school in that sense, though, there's character development and, and sort of values and um, raising good people is, is a big part of what our families invest in when they send their kids here. And so, no. um, you know, there are families that make that decision to continue to send their students there, regardless of that college part, because there's all the other stuff, you know, our, what we call our five care or five stars character um, independence, heritage, truth, those sorts of things that, that we care about as a school. And so that, that plays a big role into it too. Oh yeah. Man. Um, so yeah, I've got lots of questions thrown, going through my brain right now. Um, cause I, so something that, I mean, I don't know if this, if this is something that you don't want to talk about, we can definitely move past that. Um, but working, um, in a different kind of setting because uh i guess my question is like i don't know where my question is um i'm sorry like i just i, I didn't think through what i was going to say um but yeah uh i guess what kind of challenges do you face in a school like that um because when you think like with my experiences we've i've worked in like a, a low-income area where like it's a uh, probably i'm guessing uh, assuming uh, it's going to be a lot different of a like a demographic of student um, and different sure. different challenges completely from not like being a first generation student to like having to work after school. What are some of the challenges that you face working with students that kind of like have been told that oh you're going to go to college like no. this is you're their, going their path to this is already given right you're going to the school to go to college. Um, like, is there any challenges or like, I guess, like challenges that you see appear more often than 
and make yeah, it absolutely. No, good and, question. Jeremy, it's a good question. And it's, you're right, you know, there's a majority of our students are of a different socioeconomic background than, than yours. And, and the challenges then are, are simply different, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, the, the challenge of opportunity is that you got to be responsible with it. Uh, the challenge of, you know, having all of the, the different college options out there is that you need to um, be taken advantage of the opportunities that you're given in order to have had a high school experience that's going to serve you well in getting into those schools, right? And just, just because you um, know you're going to college doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get in, right? I mean, right. I think that's that's that that's the 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 interesting thing, right? Uh, our students go to all manner of colleges and universities all over the country, um, with all different types of backgrounds, right? East Coast, West Coast, public, private, Ivy leagues, and the like, to you know regional state public schools. Um, it really is across the board and, and our focus you know, in the office and you guys know me well enough that you know the word fit is is a thing mm -hmm. um and you know just because you you think you might want to go to stanford doesn't mean it's a good fit for you right and so i think sometimes the challenges then germ are helping align reality and expectations that's a big one right uh you know when when a school like you know, Stanford admits less than 5% of their applicants, it doesn't matter how good of a student you were or how talented you are, everyone applying there is. And so my, the challenges for me are, are really managing those expectations, managing that, that reality and, and helping students and families figure out um, how that all fits into their lives. I think for the students, and, and maybe this is kind of where your question was going more, it's, it's how to, to juggle really busy lives, right? How to juggle uh, a heavy and rigorous academic course load with being ultra involved. Like our, our kids are, are really engaged and involved students. They're athletes, they're in the arts, they're in clubs and uh, other sorts of you know extracurriculars some of them work a lot of them do volunteer work and so like managing their time and figuring out how to how to juggle things is is a big challenge now again totally different challenge than like you said mm -hmm. low-income first generation students are, are figuring out um but you know that's just sort of their their slice of it in life i will say though there are it's you know you mentioned first generation, uh, and you know I, I'm a first generation mm -hmm. college student. Um, it, I think it's kind of a, a goofy term that we all use, but um, you know we we actually have a, a good number of first generation college students at, at BA as well too. We um, we do uh, a couple of things. We have some scholarship programs where some um, benefactors of the school uh, help families from other socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, uh, attend a school like Brookfield Academy. So um, it's not all, you know, rich suburban kids, right? Just mm -hmm. to, to call it what it is. It's, it's a pretty broad cross-section. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about being at BA is that um, 
even though we are in like the whitest part of the state and part of the country, I mean, Brookfield is as white as it gets, right? Mm -hmm. um, you walk through our halls and it's actually pretty diverse. We've got a really strong um, ethnic uh, diversity, right? So maybe socioeconomic diversity isn't our strength, but ethnic diversity for sure is. We have a lot of um, parents who are, are not from the United States, right? Who are engineers at GE or doctors at the Medical College of Wisconsin um, business owners that uh, that send their kids to, to Brookfield Academy. And so uh, there's 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 that slice of it that, that definitely presents, you know, opportunities and challenges in the job as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. I do want you to elaborate, though. Why do you think first generation is a goofy term? Yeah. I'm, I'm um, intrigued because I'm a first generation student, college student, college graduate as well. Sure, sure. I, I guess I, I say it, I'm, maybe I say it for, for myself, because um, I, I feel like we use it to pigeonhole a, a, a population of students into like this category of having to have overcome something, mm -hmm. um, which I, don't, I guess I just, I don't think that that's always going to apply or, or that it, that yeah. shouldn't define a, a person as like, oh, he's a first-generation student. And so maybe it's just for me. Maybe, maybe that's just how I see it. And, and again, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with the term mm -hmm. um, because I think for, for some students, it, it most definitely defines their, their challenges, what they had to go through. Um, but I also know, and again, myself included, that I know first-generation students who had parents uh, who are extremely supportive and and made their path and their opportunity um, very accessible. Uh, they just didn't themselves go to college, right? And so, um, I guess maybe my hangup is that uh, we oftentimes associate it with like this disadvantaged background, which it can be, but I, I don't think it's always the case. No, it's fair. That makes I, sense. No, I get it now. I'm just, no, I, I was always a, curious because you know, like what. Well, like me being a first generation student, I've definitely felt like the struggles of not knowing what the fuck I'm supposed to do when I get to campus and like not understanding, yeah. like you can switch your major as much as you want, like someone over here um, and just like not understanding those, those little things that you, that I think having that knowledge and being able to talk to like a family member that's been through it, like really does help because Someone told me, like, hey, it's all right to switch your major. Like, it's an all right mm -hmm. thing to do. Like, I might be in a totally different spot with a, without a, with a degree that actually serves a purpose within my, like, professional life. And it just little things like that definitely kind of stuck out. And But, yeah, no, what you said definitely made a lot of sense. So, But I, I, I like how you, you phrase that, though, Germ, because I, I think that, like, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, 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 I don't think you should like, don't feel limited by what your degree is. Um, or, and you know, so I, I guess I'm like looking at it long-term backwards, right? Mm -hmm. um, what, what is your degree in? Oh, it's a biology. I'm pre-med. Okay. Um, my bachelor's degree <laughs> is in German. Oh, so, yeah. so I, like, I don't, I don't let that limit myself at all. I'm okay. just saying like, okay. looking back, like if I had like, if I had the knowledge of like, hey, just go talk to your like advisor. Well, 
at the sure, time I didn't would have said something two years I, earlier. I, I didn't sure. have a great advisor my freshman and sophomore year. Um, basically, I had to pick my own classes, and he would just sign off on it. And, like I had no idea what I was doing, um, so it just really was a struggle uh, to kind of know my path. And then when I finally got to like Paul Pickert, I don't know if you remember him. Probably, Paul's the man. Actually, Paul's the he, uh, He's one of my favorite yeah. professors at Lakeland. Like he he really like explained it and got my stuff figured out. Um, yep. But like in the end, he's he was like really straightforward with me. He's like, yeah, you're. If you tr- decide to change majors, like you're gonna be here at least another two years. I'm like, no. Then I'm gonna finish this out. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't let the like my biology degree limit me because I haven't done a damn thing with it and I don't really plan to. <laughs> um, but I think just having like. Because when I would ask my parents, like, hey, I, I don't know what to do with this. They're like, oh, go talk to someone on campus. I'm like, who? They'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> go find email a professor or something. Um, so just not really having, like, like, oh, go talk to your academic advisor or talk to someone else and see, like, what they did. And it, it just would have been super helpful to, like, be like, oh, I can, sure. I can do psychology instead. And it's not going to look bad on my resume or something. So. Yeah. You know, that, that makes total sense. Um, I guess how I look at it is, is a little bit of like, and, and your, your comments about like one advisor to, to Paul mm-hmm. um, is sort of the, and this gets back into like my thoughts on first generation. I think the luck of life, uh, gosh, which, you know, Tom Brady would probably even admit <laughs> that at least a few of those seven has some luck to it. I think the luck of life better dictates what that path ends up looking like than you're being a first generation mm-hmm. college student or not. Cause I didn't right. know squat about any of that stuff either, but I ended up at a place in Ripon college and got lucky enough with um, teachers in Brent Peterson, who um, was the chair of the German department at the time that I just sort of, I got lucky and mm-hmm. it fared out. And, and I, I attribute it to that more than like, I guess, I don't know, something that would is defined by a characteristic that I can't control. I, I don't know if that makes sense, no, but I, I, get um, that. I, I think, but you land, you, you landed on the key part, right? That um, Paul helped you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the important thing. So and I, I, myself, my, I'm personally to blame for part of that too, freshman and sophomore year. I was kind of a, a goof, goofball and uh, didn't do exactly what I was supposed to do for school. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, Definitely don't take all the put all the blame on other things, but um, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, just just being able to know some of those things definitely would have sure been super beneficial, but yeah, yeah, and that's I mean that's a, a part of what I think kind of comes into play like back to your question of what what the heck do I do at work, um, you know, and and it's I guess a, a luxury afforded going to a place like Brookfield Academy, but like we. For example, we'll do programming with our, our freshmen. Uh, we, I just did a, a presentation with a couple of teachers about like this theme of like relationships matter and, and helping freshmen understand that relation, the relationships they make with their teachers will absolutely play a role in their path through high school and, and then getting into college. Uh, at the end of the year, we'll do a, a panel with some seniors who are about to go into college. And we, we call it, um, if I knew then what I know now sort of thing. So we ask some seniors to like, all right, pretend you're back as a freshman and tell these freshmen what what you would wish you would have known, you know, 
four years ago. And so um, that sort of thing, like to, to, to help students be as successful as possible uh, is, is a big part of it. And, and oftentimes, like with anything, we're going to speak to the masses and that might resonate with a, a smaller percentage, but at least we're putting it out there and giving them the choice to kind of figure out how to, how to move forward with it. Yeah, for sure. Which is similar to like what you did with College Possible, right? I mean, you've got students and here, this is what we're doing, get on board or not, right? Yeah, I mean, in a sense, um, I think it was a lot more driven towards, not looking back at it, it was more driven towards being like an extra support that they can get to to ask these questions, not necessarily like if you're not if you're not going to show up like we're not going to try like we're going to try to hunt you down and show you that we're here um but yeah it was definitely very similar um and i think that it was a lot more focused on um like scholarships and making sure that students are knowledgeable enough to make the best decisions for themselves because ultimately it is their decision um and just being able to like provide that knowledge to to give them the tools and know how to, to make the right decision. And like, hopefully they make a good decision and don't go to school for a couple semesters and drop out and have a, a pile of student loans that, that they, they can't pay for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the good thing about college possible is it's kind of transitioning a little more to, to, to supporting students who are looking to go to like trade schools and different things as well, which is something that was a little, lacked lacked a little bit when i was there um it's definitely a, a good change because like those those trade schools and and smaller school like two-year schools are very uh can do wonders for students that like all they need is an associates to or a certification to go on to that next step in their life so it doesn't um, have to be college or bust right and i think that's something that like a lot of schools struggle with is well, the, the two-year college doesn't look as great for our numbers or the numbers that we're presenting to, to like, diff, the school board or whatever. Um, so I think that's that's definitely a, a positive change in, in a, a college possible. for And hopefully schools all around is kind of working towards not necessarily college or bust kind of system let's, or setup. Yeah. But let's look at where they are at in five years from high mm-hmm. school graduation, not where they're going to be at one or two years from that. I think it's a it's a much much because they could go to college their first year and they could drop out, but guess mm-hmm. what? You still had a college student out of it, right. and you know we're we're really going to use that number? No, let's you know let's look at where they're at in five years and if they're a plumber and they're killing it, hell yeah, let's let's yep, do it absolutely. Yeah, those... no, and that's I mean that's a problem with education is you get politics and bureaucracy involved in it and then decisions get made that aren't. Um, they're not really in anyone's best interest. I think that's one of the things that I personally, what, what attracted me to the job, what, what, what got me out of college admissions and, and working in a high school, which, you know, the grand irony of this all is when I declared myself as a German major in college, everyone was like, oh, so you're going you're gonna to be a, a teacher. And I laughed <laughs> at them. I'm like, no way in hell am I going to work in a high school or school? Are you kidding me? And now, now here I am. Uh, but that Brookfield Academy is a, a truly independent school. Like we, we have no accreditation. We are not affiliated with any religious group. Like we are as independent as it gets. Like there's a joke, but it's probably true. Like we send the milk subsidy check back. Like we don't, 
we do our own thing and we always have and we always will. So like to your point, like the having to do things for a school board, we don't, we don't do that. Like we, we never have, we never will. Um, and so selfishly for me, like regardless of, you know, the students that are, that I'm working with, I love that, right? Because we can, we can do our work and get about it and, and do the right things and don't have to worry about the other stuff as much. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one thing that I hope changes because everyone I'd talk to now, because I work in like the helping people find jobs and it's always the one thing that always comes up is if you like to work with your hands learn a trade because it's it's oh, gonna be like it's the next thing like it's the next i get like i don't know whatever you want to compare it to like amazon that's got a warehouse in every damn city in wisconsin now all <laughs> the trades gonna, workers are retiring it's gonna, it's be, gonna be it's gonna be the huge. next thing and like I, I hopefully that's something that uh definitely is discussed more in a lot of like all areas of and all socioeconomic backgrounds, because it's definitely not a a, a a negative career choice. It's a, no. definitely something that should be like more celebrated. But you know, got to get those college numbers. Being able to <laughs> land on your feet is the is the big thing. Being able to do something and 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 be be on top of your life. That's the big thing. And for mm-hmm. some people, that includes having a bachelor's degree, and that includes you know more. For some people, that's just you know, go that that's going into the trades. And I shouldn't say it's just going into the trades because that's a heavy accomplishment as well. And for some people that's going into the military and, and it's, you know, it's, it's what's going to help you land on your feet. What's going to help you make a better life for the generation after you. And it's going to be different for everybody. It doesn't have to include college. And that's, you know, you're, you're, you're exactly right in saying that that's, you know, something that needs to be brought up more often to, uh, to high schoolers for sure. I mean, the grand irony of me having a German degree was that it was just the easiest way to be done. Because I had figured out <laughs> that I wanted to work in college admissions. I worked in the admissions office for all four years. I'd done a little bit of everything. And it was like, all right, well, I know I'm going to do this for a job, at least when I get out of college to start. So what's the shortest path? And there you go. So Can you still speak any German or is it just? Ambition. Uh, actually, you know, <laughs> This whole COVID thing, the, the, the worst kick in the shorts for this all was that last year I was finally going to be able to say that my degree in German got me something very specific and tangible. Our German teacher had asked me to help chaperone their, our spring break trip to Germany. Um, and so I was getting a 10-day, basically all expenses paid trip to Germany because I speak enough German to, you know, be somewhat dangerous and, and be a chaperone on the trip. Uh, we were scheduled to leave. I want to say like three days after things shut down, right? Like we were like, we didn't know what we were doing, like up until like those last couple of days. So um, thanks COVID. But uh, yeah, other than, <laughs> other than that trip, it had, it's been pretty thin. I, uh, my, the German teacher at BA makes my head hurt because he knows course that that's my my bachelor's degree and so he speaks to me in German all the time and I, I will say just having more experience with it or exposure to it it's it's kind of come back a little bit which is nice um but uh I am not fluent by any any sense of the word it could have been worse you could have been stuck in Germany rather than being stuck here yes. this could be a totally different well, podcast episode <laughs> that would be uh that that was one of the drivers right like because I think I think when we decided to cancel the trip, 
the country hadn't locked down yet. And so we were like, what if we can't come back? Right. <laughs> and so that, that, that actually was, I think the thing that ended it once and for all. So. It would have been a quite the story. Just got stuck at stuck in Germany with a whole entire senior class of students. <laughs> that uh, well, the the one downfall uh, was that you know as a you know one of three chaperones for twenty some kids, drinking in Germany was not an option. So which fine, okay, that makes sense. But if I was stuck there longer. <laughs> You got to do it then. That's you're back at the motherland, and you don't get to. Uh, yeah, that's um, my my uh, making good decisions would have been put to a test. <laughs> that's Jeez. funny. All right, so uh, so let's let's move backwards a little bit here into to your just your career. And, yep. and this is a question that we asked Sam as well when he was on Sammy the Shark for people that want to go back and listen to it. Yep. Highly encourage it. Great episode. Um, but you were one of those those few people in the world that almost immediately went directly into working into higher education. And nobody goes to college wanting to work in higher education. So what was the what, what was that deciding factor for you? What, what helped prompt you into deciding that this, even now you're, I mean, you're working on the high school side of it, but it's still higher education to an extent. What, what prompted you to make that decision and, and decide that this was going to be your, your life? Yeah. It, there, there wasn't ever like an aha moment. It wasn't some sort of like light bulb came on. It was just, I guess, a slow accumulation of experiences really. Um, Freshman year, I went Ripon College. I was a, a a telecounselor, right? I worked for the admissions office and called kids at night. Um, great that job. was my first job, right? Great job, <laughs> great job. Um, and uh, that next semester, then my admissions counselor, who actually still works at Ripon, Lynn McCarthy, um, uh, she had me like work, because she was a regional. She works out of her home in Mequon, had me sort of work as her I don't know, her office student or whatever. And back, back when I was in school, uh, you could work, there weren't as many hour restrictions. So I worked like 20 hours a week. Um, it was my beer money, frankly. Uh, <laughs> and so then just over the years had more and more responsibilities. My junior year, first semester I was in Germany studying abroad and when I came back, then I was like the office intern. Um, so I, I ran like our overnight fly-in program. My senior year, I was again, sort of the office intern. I actually went to college fairs and represented the, the school. Um, kind of had that just sort of real world experience and realized that I liked it. So yeah, that, I mean, it was kind of, that that was the thing. The, the Dean at the time, a guy named Scott Coplin, um, I went and talked with him at the end of my senior year and he said, listen, Nick, like the, we could hire you, but in my experience, I'd rather have you, you'd be better off going somewhere else. And I, I think this was some of the best advice um, I've ever gotten professionally. He said, you know, go, go somewhere else, learn how they do it. What, you know, what works for them, what, what they do good, what they don't do well. Uh, and then some other day, come back to your alma mater and, and, you know, bring all that stuff you've learned and, and make us better. Cause otherwise it's just, you know, your experiences here really is all that, Although you've had and and while I never really formally went back to work at Ripon, I kind of doubt I ever will at this point. 
um, that sort of idea of like going somewhere else and learn learn something and then bring it back to whatever you're coming back to um, has sort of stuck with me uh, kind of throughout my career. So, so yeah, so I, I worked in the admissions office in, in college and then um, actually my first job out of college was not in higher ed. I worked as a, basically a headhunter, a corporate recruiter for a, a terrible company uh, named Aerotech. Uh, um, I don't mind saying that on here. Uh, <laughs> it was, Bring them down. <laughs> like it was, I, I was there for seven months and after three months, I was the most senior recruiter in the office. Bosses that like were screamers, um, just a bad, bad environment. But then uh, uh, moved into my first admissions job at Cardinal Stritch University in Milwaukee. Oh, I guess I started there a, a year and uh, two months after, a year and a month after I graduated from Ripon and have been in education ever since. Never looked back. Yeah. I guess yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess uh, my question is, um, being two people that have two degrees that don't necessarily coincide with their profession, is there anything that you've taken away from your the experience you had at Ripon, um, getting your bachelor's degree that like directly coincides with your work? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll answer that in a second. I, I do. I got my master's in management while I was working at Stretch, and and that ab- absolutely was applicable, right? And mm-hmm. running admissions offices. Um, and sort of moving up the ladder, if you will, in responsibility. So, so there, there was definitely some direct applications there. Uh, but I think what served me well at Ripon is just truly the sense of a very much a classical liberal arts degree, like having courses in philosophy and um, in the languages and in the hard and soft sciences, like that sort of well-roundedness, I I think, I know has served me well. Being in certain subjects well-read, right, I think has helped me and served me well. Uh, And so I think just that the approach to learning uh, where, you know, again, that broader approach is is kind of the focus, Uh, again, a classical liberal arts approach. that appreciation for it, I think, is, is definitely a, a thing. College, to me, though, was much more than just a degree. I mean, I guess this is like the formality of, of what we're talking about. It was all of the different experiences. It was the the studying abroad that was being a part of fraternity, being a, a Division three varsity athlete, working, and then managing all of those time responsibilities and still, you know, not failing out of college. Um, to me, that's what college, that's why college is amazing and why I do what I do. Um, there, there are definitely the, the number of professions that are directly tied to a degree are definitely in the minority, right? There are those, of course, right? The accountings and the medical professions and law, whatever. Um, but I think the majority of professions, it's more about the set of experiences you have than it is about the, the word on the piece of paper. Oh, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yes. Yes. I preach that in almost every admissions visit that I have, yeah. that your major, you know, to an extent with exactly the ones that you gave accounting and pre-med, it's your experience. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm <laughs> I mean, if you go into pre-med knowing that you're going to be pre-med, you don't go I'm into pre-med. something you happen to be pre-med. I'm pre-med. But, um, you, go, you go into it and it, it teaches you what you need to know to be successful. And your experiences dictate where your career is going to land because, I mean, it go. We always hear the, you know, the the comment or the phrase that a lot of the jobs that these kids are going to have don't even exist right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't measure in it, um, mm-hmm. but they they can experience that and get to it. And you know, very few places you can go and measure in being a social media producer, communicator, or whatever the hell it's called. But they find a way to get into that. So, or a podcaster, you can't measure in podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. I think what it comes down to, like be it education or in life, it's taking advantage of whatever's in front of you, right. And and making the most out of the experiences, you know, be it in college and just being involved. And that's, you know, we're all over and done with that. But, but even in like our professional lives, if, you know, I, I don't think Lakeland should have hired me as a director at the age I was when they did, but they did because I'd done a little bit of everything at Stritch because I was willing to do it, right? And and I think there's that that work ethic and the maybe the 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 dumb luck of taking on whatever is put in front of you and, and running with it will, you know, that's what sort of opens up those doors or gives you those opportunities. Um, and, and maybe being stupid enough to just tackle them like, all right, I'll worry about if this works out later. <laughs> sure. um, you know, there, there's something to be said for that as well too. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So looking at the time that first and foremost, this has been one, this has been a conversation that's just kind of flown by. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. So I don't know if that feels the same for the, for the two of you, but I'm just, I, I've been lost in the conversation a little bit and uh, looked at the clock and holy shit, there's only like five minutes left in this hour. So um, for the, for the sake of time, and I know we'll get to some more questions yet, but let's get to your six pack. The one that we prepared you for the six pack. You're, you're very, you might be the biggest suburban dad, social media poster that we know. Um, So they're your top six, suburban dad social media posts that you have personally had you know i i guess thanks i'll <laughs> i'll i'll take that as a compliment take that again, badge of honor again I, I think you guys think i'm in my like late 40s and uh no, early 60s a, drive a minivan um, mid 50s <laughs> i don't drive a minivan i'm 38 sure you don't uh my my oldest is in fifth grade. My youngest is in third grade. So I am old in a sense, right? I mean, Sammy the Shark's kid's going to be, you know, pissing his pants for a couple of years yet. My kids will be in <laughs> college by then probably. But, um, you know, I, I my evolution of social media has been has been weird. I I was one of the first people I knew that had a Facebook account because I worked at a college. Right. So I had it because back then you had to have a .edu. And so I got my Facebook account in like 2005, not as a college student because I, but I, because I worked at a college. Um, the, the number of posts have, have significantly declined as I've gotten older. And maybe that's 
because I've gotten smarter and realized <laughs> no one cares about the shit that that I care about. Uh, but I think I, I don't know if I can identify six individual posts, but I, I've got there's six buckets, and maybe this is stating the obvious as to why you came up with this suburban dad <laughs> bullshit topic. But uh, well, well, first I, and foremost is is meat. Yeah, right, Jerm, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say if you post about meat more than once a month. You're a suburban dad. Like, okay, no one's fine. doing that'll that. <laughs> that'll take it because that far and away meat is is the first. It's, um, it is my my hobby. It is the thing that I fill my time with, and and it's it, it is tied to the old dad moniker, right? When I had our our when we had our first child, this idea that well, I've always liked to grill. I always like cooking. I need a hobby that's going to keep me around because golfing for five hours you know, two or three times a weekend just probably won't bode well for the longevity of the marriage. Uh, so I got a smoker. Um, I just, I think it's fun. It, it fills my time. I actually, I think I have found over the years that I like making it more than I like eating it, uh, which is a weird thing. But so, so meat is far and away number one. Um, I would say it's probably a majority of my posts. Uh, and, and I think there is something about that community and social media. That's what I, most of what I figure out to do and to try and to like post something that people are like, where the hell did you come up with this from? I'm stealing it from someone else, right? <laughs> or like, it's a version of what I saw on social media, you know, from what I follow with Instagram or, or something like that. Um, you know, it's just sort of my, my spin on it. So, so that's, I guess, the number one post. Uh, my kids, I think, are, are the second. Uh, and that one is justified because of family. I have been close to getting rid of my Facebook account on more than more than one occasion just because I'm sick of the, the negative. I'm sick of the politics. Like, I just, I don't need that noise in my life. Like, I just, I don't like it. Um, but my, my family, parents, siblings, cousins remind me every now and then or directly or indirectly that it's a good way for like extended family to see each other right see kind of kids growing up and all that sort of <laughs> god damn it now i do sound like a suburban dad <laughs> uh, there's, there's that we stuff. got him um, trapped him hol uh, holidays are a part of that too right i mean just sort of family get togethers and holidays is sort of like the trifecta of, of it all right there's usually meat there's usually kids it's usually alcohol. Um, I think uh, I should I should probably have lumped beverages in with in with the meat, right? I think I've got a, a folder in my my photos on my phone that is li literally called food and beverage, because um, that's you know, meat and shit. That's what it's called. <laughs> in your late thirties, uh, sports. Then of course, right? If you you, you know, we live in a, a pretty awesome uh, state when it comes to professional. In collegiate sports and so you, when you get those rare opportunities to sit second row behind home plate at a brewers playoff game or to um to be at a, a bucks playoff game when they announced that aaron Rodgers uh was a minority owner uh those sorts of crazy once in a lifetime sort of experiences i guess nowadays yeah that warrants a fight uh, a social media post um and so i, I know no qualms about that. Uh, these last two are very personal and very 
uh, specific. Uh, the first one is is just a, a partly a piece of advice: getting your shoes shined. Posted a lot of getting a shoe shine mm -hmm. in an airport over the years, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's something that not enough people appreciate or value, and it's something I miss dearly uh, in this past year of not being able to travel. To spend ten dollars to help that guy, um, you know, feed his family, and to have those work shoes shining way better than I could do on my own is, uh, that's a thing. And I, I, I'm trying in, in the little ways that I can in my crappy social media channels uh, to, to continue to spread that. Uh, and the last one is a pipe. I, I made a pipe over the pandemic. Like I hand carved a pipe for smoking tobacco. Uh, and uh, it was a bit of a process, but it was something I filled my time with during, uh, during lockdown in the last spring when we were unable to, to venture out into the real world. And so I guess those are my, the, the, the first four are pretty, you know, big buckets, but those last two are kind of specific to, to me as a, a suburban dad. But not every suburban dad has made his own pipe, right? I'd say there's probably, a, I'd say a majority has. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> or, or it's a thought in their head that they're going to do. That, that was a good list. Has there ever been any, like, suburban dad beefs on Facebook that you've found yourself in? No. So those are my favorite. No. You stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I um well if you ever get into one, just call us to back you up. We'll we'll yeah, come just tag us into the next one. We will we'll come in guns blazing you. at this suburban. I, I will do that. We'll Absolutely. I don't um God, I sincerely, guys, I avoid engagement uh in the social media world as much as possible. Can I you, actually um can you explain that to some, my dad? that's ridiculous maybe that's like my subconscious way of trying to not be yeah once you start commenting like oh, he's in a he's in a beer every group. everything he could comment on it's so ridiculous it's like oh went to this microbrewery with my kids no one was wearing a mask like oh well at least you're a pro mask like that's a good <laughs> thing dad like yeah <laughs> it's like some other stupid shit that's just like why you should not like if you comment those things facebook should take away your right to just comment. don't comment at that point it's well so so there's there's an interesting phenomenon to this so this idea of being a and i'm gonna i'll credit this phrase to um scott Niederjohn, your boss's boss up there at lakeland right jake um he had come he told me once some a number of years ago that he he was a consumer, not a producer of content, right? He has a Facebook page. He never posts. <laughs> and, and, and he's been like that for, for probably a decade. Um, and I think that's what I find myself doing now too, right? I consume a lot of it. I scroll through it, but I don't contribute as much. Sooner or later, as more, if more and more people kind of embrace that idea, the whole thing disappears, right? Like at a certain point, like no. technically. No, there's enough Karens out there. It'll <laughs> never go away. There's enough people saying only my kid would do this. Only my kid. <laughs> so Don't how do does, those though? Okay. Help help me under what does this mean for my suburban dad status? I I I've never had a TikTok account and I got rid of my Snapchat account when I left college admissions because the only reason I had it was because we used it for recruitment. It hurts. Are those it hurts. in my favor no. or are those negatives no, negative. against me? That makes you more of a suburban dad. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like the cool dads are on the TikToks and the the Snapchats. Uh, okay. Once you get rid of those, I, well, let's start here. How many Facebook groups are you in? Oh. All right. So that's <laughs> negative towards you. That's suburban. There's your answer. Three. You had to think. It's more than three. You don't have to lie here. It's okay. This is no, an I honest think podcast. Let me share my screen real quick. <laughs> yeah, okay. like I'm 45. fairly certain it's three. Um, yeah, so that's not bad. Um, oh, thank you. I mean, threes depends what they are. Like Two of them are work-related. They're admissions counselor things. Um, and the other one's about your meat. It might be. <laughs> How are you not involved in more meat-based Facebook groups? Yeah. I prefer Instagram. Okay. All right. Okay, so you're the new age suburban dad. We'll give you that. How about that? Does that sound better? Yeah. Because, like, the old, our suburban dads are on Facebook. No, the new age is Instagram. I I can justify that. I used to work for a Silicon Valley company. When I I left Lakeland to go work for a company called Chag Enrollment Services that no longer exists. The book thing? Um, What's that? The book thing? Yeah, they used to have an enrollment services arm and so i that's what pulled me away from lakeland uh and so working with folks out in the silicon valley at that point this was in 2014 2015 maybe uh instagram was growing and everyone out there used it mm-hmm. and so like my my like friends or my contacts in instagram is disproportionately tied to that of my life than than facebook is so that you're you're right germ that absolutely makes sense instagram is not as much of a thing but like all the meat stuff i follow stuff on instagram on the ground works better that way that's good Post more and it's also it's, it feels more anonymous right like you can kind of get away with just cruising through things in instagram better than facebook and posting pictures of your meat all the time that's that's uh-huh. fair yeah it's just pictures, no comments. Yep. Um, <laughs> My meat. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> All right, um, Jeremy, you got any? You got any questions? Any more questions left here? Um, no. I feel like. The rest of my questions are really goofy, so. Just... Yeah, th- this is gonna lead into a round two. You. Oh. Do, how do you feel about becoming a recurring guest? I love it. I love it. What? Uh, what? What's to... sparking that idea? Because we're already an hour in, the timer went off. We still have plenty of questions that we can continue to ask, but we know oh, let's that do it. people let's don't do listen two. for more than two hours. So we're not Joe Rogan. We can't pull off a three-hour show. No, people are. So that's my problem with podcasts. Is like that was the first one I really got into, and my problem in general is that the only time I have to listen to podcasts is in my car, and your usually Tesla, my kid. Right? What's that? And your Tesla, because you work at the academy. I wish. <laughs> uh, my Chevy Malibu, baby. Oh. Uh, almost at 100,000 miles. Uh, is My kids are usually in the car. Oh. So I don't get to listen to Beer yeah. the Boys, Joe Rogan, uh, Dad Life podcast, something that, you know, in a couple of years, maybe you guys can check out if you're lucky enough to have kids. Uh, I'd, li- I'd listen to those normally just because I like know. I love just the dad, the dad, prepared. the dad YouTube channels where they just explain things to you and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, there it is. I had to yep. look that up to put together my snowblower. The guy explained it perfectly. <laughs> it was, 
They send you directions. So, yeah, that's just if pictures. I can, if I can figure out a way to carve out more time for podcasts, and, and if being a contributor here with you guys is a, is a way to do that, I'm, I'm happy to uh, indulge. It, it'll happen. It'll definitely happen because there's plenty of questions that have gone unanswered thus far, at least on my side. And apparently it's going to be a goofy podcast. Well, yeah, stuff. I mean, Germ kind of stole everything with his first generation soapbox. But uh, damn, did, what? Know. Soapbox? That was like... <laughs> I just literally wanted clarification. All right. No, it was a good. It was a good follow-up. It was, it was a very, very good question. Um, so, with that, we have two more questions at the end, but we ask them at the very, very end. What questions do you have for us? Um. Jake, talk to me about the future of Lakeland, a place that I. What he's looking fuck? for a job <laughs> he's coming back no god no i'm not <laughs> he's re-returning I, I uh i love what i do i think i'm super stupid lucky to have the job that i do um because it keeps me tied into stuff like what's going on at lakeland and i feel like the the college sorry the university is in a really strong position to be successful mm-hmm. but i also don't you know, I, I have not as much of an insight as I used to. So, Jake, give me some insider scoop um, on that. And and I, I guess this is probably a dumb question because your boss is probably going to listen to this someday. No, and 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 I hope my boss knows, and I hope my boss's boss knows, and my boss's boss's boss knows. I hope they all know what they're getting out of me is that I'm always going to speak the truth, and I'm always going to speak exactly how I feel, and it's going to lead to some meetings where I'm yelling every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but in, in all complete honesty, if you would have asked me the same question five years ago, four or five years ago, I would have said, sell your shares. Um, you know, get, you know, get out. I, many former employees came to me asking me when I was going to be headed out and, and, and such. And, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. <clears throat> Dr. Black came on and he is just a total game changer and one it was his leadership but two it was this co-op program that how nobody else thought of i don't know but he just brought it here and and established it and made sure that it happened and it changed the game for college and it's not to say that lakeland was in a bad place as how we were running things beforehand but we were just a small school and you know we <laughs> well yeah but and but we were just a small liberal arts school in the middle of nowhere inching towards this world where enrollment was going to be declining. We had nothing special about us. The people that went to Lakeland knew that there was something special, but it's hard to say something before, you know, you actually get there. And all of a sudden we had something that became special and that has continued to grow for these last, this last four or five years. And I couldn't be more excited. I, I, I truly can't. I am so grateful to be an employee there right now. I'm so grateful to be on the emission side of things right now. One, because I enjoy the people that I work with, but two, because we're doing things different than any other college in the entire country, not just in Wisconsin, not just in the Big Ten. We're not in the Big Ten, but you know, in that, just, you know, that general, you, you know, the, 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 Midwest, the Midwest is what I mean. The Midwest okay, is what I mean. Yeah. Um, 
but in the entire country, we're doing something completely different from everybody else. And not only is it on the co-op side where we're making partnerships with all these world-renowned companies and giving students this opportunity, but we're building those opportunities here. And, and a lot of things on campus are just being run by students. And you don't see that at very many places. So, um, and there's a lot of things that we know that we can't just go and say to incoming students in admissions. So I have to bite my tongue in every meeting. So I was like, it's just, it's just wait, just wait two years and you're gonna love this. And uh, you know, it's truly an incredible situation. So if I can, you know, speak on Lakeland and what it's gonna be, what it is right now and what it's gonna be like, as, assuming that all the employees here, all the students can continue on this path and continue just keeping this momentum going, we're in a damn good place and we're going to roll through these next couple of years. And, uh, and, and, and Lakeland's just going to be on that list of schools that students in Wisconsin just have, you know, they, they have their Madison on there. They have their Marquette on there. They have their whitewater, you know, whatever. Um, but Lakeland's going to be on that list for many students. And I'm, I'm very excited to see how it all plays out regardless of what position I may, I may be in at Lakeland at that time. That's awesome. And, and yeah, I knew you'd give me a straight answer. That's why I tried to steal you when I moved down to Monmouth <laughs> for, for a couple of years. Uh, um, and I knew you weren't going to come because we didn't have a wrestling program. So I knew that there was just sort of that bias that kind of ingrained into Makes it tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I guess that'll, that leads me to my second question, Germ. Uh, oh, geez. So you, you coach now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get into wrestling? Like, why wrestling? Like, how, like, I, 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 I think we've had this conversation because I, I swam in high school and I swam in college. And I, the three of us are biased, but I think we would argue that swimmers and wrestlers work harder than most other athletes, right? Like, there's yeah. just sort so of the, a, the list goes wrestlers and then swimmers, oh. just to be clear. <laughs> That's uh, fair. One A <laughs> is wrestling and three C is swimming. Fine. Fine. Uh, anyways, how did you get into like why why wrestling? Why because there's there's easier easier paths. Yeah, there's easier there's sports. There's easier out sports. There. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So actually, it was in I think it was second, first or second grade. Um, we had these. Or me and my brother, we got started like the same time um because we had these friends uh that were wrestling and they told us about it and apparently my, my dad wrestled in high school um and he's been like ever since we started he's been ultra involved in like any wrestling that he can get involved with which is cool um he officiates now but yeah they they told us about the the local program at our at our high school um and let me tell this was like smallest program ever there's like eight kids that wrestled in this program so we high school uh willowbrook high school yeah um so it was called the the young warriors or junior warriors something like that i don't even know um but yeah we we were told by um i guess by them and they're like yeah you guys should try this because we're really good friends and we're like yeah what the hell let's let's try it um and we went and kind of just instantly fell in love with the sport because uh, we were we have both played soccer as well um, growing up and like ever since it's just I don't know it just took a different part of you to to compete and get ready and train and 
stay disciplined with weight and different things like that. And for whatever reason, like I was, I'm not a very disciplined student or wasn't a very disciplined student and kind of having a place where I can, I can show like, I'm not just some, some goofball that doesn't, doesn't show up or do the things that people are asking him to do uh, kind of really stuck with me. Cause like I, I despised school and everything like that. And just being able to, to connect to something that like literally takes a lot of your energy away and uh, like going through different things as a child, like family issues and just having, like we've talked about it before wrestling, the wrestling mats are like our sanctuary. It's a place where things, everything else just stops for a while and we get to go punch people in the face and get punched in the face and have like a, a good battle. Um, and yeah, it just, for whatever reason, it just stuck. And like, I, it was, it, I thought it was going to be a tougher decision in high school, kind of deciding, do I go with the soccer route? Do I go the wrestling route? And um, it kind of, it just never changed. Like it was wrestling. Um, I had probably a lot of great coaches along the way too, that kind of helped, helped sway that decision to stick with wrestling as I got older um but yeah it was basically just a a flyer that our friends gave us in second when i was in second grade saying you should try this we went down into this dirty little dungeon room and wrestled for an hour and a half and yeah never looked back and that's what we've been doing for since i don't even know how old are you when you're in second grade Uh, over 20 years we'll just say that so yes um, been involved in the sport for over 20 years and i don't think it's one that'll ever leave um my life hopefully so we um actually and back to to my work at ba uh there's a freshman now he's a freshman at madison his name's adam medora graduated from brookfield academy last year two-time state champion his sophomore junior year 132 138 weight class division two um just an absolute incredible athlete wrestling at at madison now so um it's cool sport it's fun absolutely uh, I do have one. It's the last comment. It's not a question. It's a comment. Um, actually, no, it is a question. Do other guests come on beer with the boys drinking a cocktail? Yeah. Or a non-beer beverage? Yeah. Yeah. I drink where, whiskey where? sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Pula, didn't, didn't Sammy the Shark have like, you know, Kirkland whiskey, which by the way is not as good as Crown. <laughs> um, I've a- done the taste test. That was That was a total fabrication but i just i don't know there's something to me you know these these guys are putting together this beer with the boys podcast it's not cocktails with the gents it's beer with the boys and so you want a beer we yes and and that that is how it started as as beer i mean obviously we like beer we're midwest guys we're big big beer guys and uh, but as it as it's continued on, there's some nights where we're dabbling in the whiskey a little bit more. There's some <laughs> nights when we're gin and tonics. There's some nights where it's, mm-hmm. you know, coffee or tea or just water or something where it's it, it's just further developed into this mindset where the best conversations are had over a beverage. And while our drink of choice may be a beer, that's not everybody's drink of choice. And we're not we're not here to to dictate who, uh, what, what you're drinking. So you come on here with what you want and let's have a, let's have a talk. And beverages with the boys just doesn't sound as good. So yeah. no, it doesn't <laughs> roll. Right. Doesn't and, roll. and so, uh, Beckley, a very di- diplomatic, uh, response. Well done. Um, if we're going to do this again and I would 
be honored to be able to to follow up. Uh, I will make sure that I've got a few PBRs with me and we'll do it right. <laughs> all right, that's that's all we ask. We'll make sure it's on like a, a Friday night or Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Sleep in the next day. <laughs> <laughs> it it definitely will happen again. So. Um, but with that, let's get to the final two questions, the fun questions, the ones that everybody waits for here. Number one, if you've listened to our episodes, you know what's coming here. Um, if you haven't, well, then you're going to be pleasantly shocked. Um, <laughs> but in the inevitable world, Hollywood makes a movie about your life, all your successes, all you've done to, to continue saving the world in, in, in Wisconsin and then the youth of Wisconsin. Who is playing you in that movie and who is playing your two favorite podcasters? Um, we got him. I he guess. Know. What's that? So we got him. He didn't, he didn't know this was coming. <laughs> no, I didn't know it was coming. As I had mentioned, I, I, I have not been able to digest a lot of your podcasts. Uh, if it's for me, uh, this is random. And I guess I don't know if I would approve it, but Ethan Embry, uh, not very much Damn. a popular actor anymore. Um, but uh, when I was wrestling in college, or geez, swimming in college and shaved my head, I oh. he, he was kind of my doppelganger. We looked like each other. Yeah. Um, uh, Germ, I would, uh, I would say I'm going to have to go in tribute Dustin Diamond. Uh, why do i not know any of these people rest Dustin in peace Di screech screech oh, come on just, just passed away no hey this is a nod to port washington and uh this is in honor of him you know like a mature dustin diamond not screech like a, a how is mature... how is he gonna play me he's he's not alive when this yeah, movie yeah. happens like yeah, holograms think... yeah exactly. exactly all right holograms okay and and Meckley, uh, you know, let's go with. Uh, be mean like mine. Wee Man from uh, the Jackass <laughs> movies. We'll do we'll do that. So the three of us: Ethan Embry, the hologram of Dustin Diamond, and Wee Man. Uh, that might be the best answer that we got. <laughs> hologram, not even a real. Person. Tommy Conquest. I'm sorry, but but the the Seth Rogen Jogan Hill might be a. Uh, it might be dethroned after yeah. this. <laughs> we man, I like it. And I'm a, I'm a we man and the ghost of Dustin Diamond. Ghost of Dustin Diamond. Oh boy. I love it. I love it. Good answers right there. And finally, we like to close our shows with a little thing that we call closing time wisdom. Whenever you're closing out, that one guy at the bar has his final little bit of wisdom that he gives to you. What? What is your closing time wisdom? What is the best advice you can give us and all the all the fans as we uh we close out tonight? Uh, I guess I'll go back to something I said earlier about just taking advantage of whatever opportunities or experiences you get put in front of you. Um, that will, at least in my experience, carve a path for you that you could never, never, you know predict what happened uh, when uh, you get asked to be on a committee or to take on a different role in work, um, do it. It might be harder. It might be not what you were looking for, but uh, in my experience, the, the experience that you'll come from, come away from with uh, will serve you well long-term. I, 
it's why I'm where I'm at, right? The, the woman that hired me into this role, this role that frankly, I plan to retire from that, um, that I am very lucky and, and very much value. Uh, she and I knew each other because I had volunteered for a committee on that association, WACAC, as we like to call it. And uh, she and I worked together. And 15 years later, she pegged me for a job I never would have guessed I would have been prepared for. So uh, here I am, right? I guess living proof of that. And so don't, uh, don't write those things off too quickly. Some damn good advice right there. Congrats on your early retirement. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So with that, this has been a fantastic show. Stay tuned at some point soon ish. Nick will, def <laughs> Nick will definitely be on again. Um, we have plenty more questions to ask him. Uh, but with that, I have been Wee Man. He has been the ghost of Dustin Diamond. We've had Nick Spath tonight. This has been Beer with the Boys. May the beer be with you and also with your soul. We love you. Cheers, boys.